I'm going to be reading from Philippians chapter 2, from verses 19 to 30. Philippians 2, 19 to 30. I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon, that I also may be cheered when I receive news about you. I have no one else like him who will show genuine concern for your welfare, for everyone looks out for their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. But you know that Timothy has proved himself, because as a son with his father, he has served with me in the work of the gospel. I hope, therefore, to send him as soon as I see how things go with me. I am confident in the Lord that I myself will come soon. But I think it is necessary to send back to you Epaphroditus, my brother, co-worker and fellow soldier, who, has also, who is also your messenger, whom you sent to take care of my needs. For he longs for all of you and is distressed because you heard he was ill. Indeed, he was ill and almost died. But God had mercy on him, and not on him only, but also on me, to spare me sorrow upon sorrow. Therefore, I am all the more eager to send him, so that when you see him again, you may be glad, and I may have less anxiety. So then, welcome him in the Lord with great joy, and honor people like him because he almost died for the work of Christ. He risked his life to make up for the help you yourselves could not give me. This is the word of the Lord. I don't know whether you saw the television series Band of Brothers. It was about a group of American soldiers in World War II, and they become the best of friends. They become the best of friends because they fight together. Their shared experience brings them close together. And that's a picture of the Christian life. We are fellow soldiers fighting for Christ. Soldiers in war face all kinds of awful things. Hunger, cold, being separated from loved ones, bereavement, even death itself. British soldiers have faced all these things for years and years in various wars. It's been my privilege for the last 10 years to take part at the War Memorial in Baldock on Remembrance Sunday. It's a very moving ceremony. Like the Americans in Band of Brothers, our soldiers have stood firm, they've held their ground, committed to the goal of winning. And then, at the end of the television series, the war ends, and we see the soldiers, the Band of Brothers, playing baseball, laughing together. There's such a contrast between the noise of war and the noise of play. It's the noise of friendship. How much do we need friends in the Christian life? The answer is very much indeed. We can't serve Christ as lone rangers. On our own we'd soon give up and become discouraged 
God has put us in churches so that we will have friends to encourage us. It was exactly the same in the Apostle Paul's day. Paul has a close friendship with the Philippian church. This is in many respects a friendship letter. It conforms to the standard of a friendship letter in the ancient world. The address and greeting, prayers for the recipients, reassurance about the sender, requests for news about the recipients, exchange of greetings with mutual friends, and a closing wish for health. Paul has a great friendship with the Philippians. There's been a partnership in the Gospel from the beginning. There's been a mutual suffering for the Gospel in chapter 1 verse 29 and chapter 2 verse 17. There are expressions of deep affection. In chapter 1 verse 8, God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. The Philippians sent aid to Paul in prison. They're praying for him in chapter 1 verse 19. In chapter 4, Paul acknowledges the gift the Philippians have sent for him. And in today's verses, the Apostle Paul talks about two of his friends, who are also friends of the Philippian church. Timothy is a friend. Epaphroditus is a friend. Firstly then, Timothy is a friend. Verse 19. I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon. Timothy is one of Paul's closest friends. In verse 22 Paul says, You know that Timothy has proved himself because as a son with his father he has served with me in the work of the gospel. Paul and Timothy have the closest of friendships, like a son with a father. Now verse 19, Paul hopes to send Timothy to the Philippian church soon. This is because Paul hopes to be cheered when I receive news about you. Paul has a close friendship with the Philippians and he wants to know how they're getting on. This was before the days of regular mail service, let alone video calls. And Timothy is going to visit the Philippian church and report back to Paul. Paul says, verse 20, I have no one else like him, like Timothy, who will show genuine concern for your welfare. Timothy is a great friend to Paul and a great friend to the Philippian church. Verse 21, for everyone looks out for their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. Most people are not self-sacrificial, says Paul. Most people are concerned to look after themselves, to look out for their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. Most people are not concerned about the church or about the spread of the gospel of Jesus Christ. But Timothy has proved himself in this regard. He has served alongside Paul in the work of the gospel. Verse 23, I hope therefore to send him as soon as I see how things go with me. Paul is in prison in Rome. However, verse 24, he says, And I am confident in the Lord that I myself will come soon. Paul is confident that he will be released 
and they're able to visit the Philippians soon. Paul needs his friendship with Timothy. He needs his friendship with the Philippians. He needs Timothy to be a friend to both himself and the church. Secondly, Epaphroditus is a friend, verse 25. But I think it is necessary to send back to you Epaphroditus, my brother, co-worker and fellow soldier. Paul also has the closest of friendships with Epaphroditus. Epaphroditus has come from the Philippian church. He is in verse 25, the church's messenger, whom you sent to take care of my needs. In first century Rome, you didn't get three square meals a day in prison. The state didn't look after its prisoners. If you wanted to eat while in prison, you had to have friends who would come to you in the prison, bringing food and the other things that you needed. The Philippian church, as a mark of its friendship with Paul, sent Epaphroditus to take care of Paul's needs in prison. Epaphroditus has been a wonderful friend to Paul and is a wonderful friend to the Philippian church, verse 26, for he longs for all of you. The Philippians love Epaphroditus, Epaphroditus loves them. In verse 26 we discover Epaphroditus was very ill. He was very ill in the days before a public health service, before modern medicine. Epaphroditus is distressed because you heard he was ill, verse 27. Indeed he was ill and almost died. Most people expected to die relatively young. People didn't expect to get over serious illnesses. Verse 27b, but God had mercy on him. God spared Epaphroditus' life. God has mercy on him, but also on me, says Paul, to spare me sorrow upon sorrow. Paul has great faith in the reality of heaven. He has great faith in life after death. But if Epaphroditus had died, this would have meant sorrow upon sorrow for Paul. We shouldn't try to be over-spiritual in bereavement. Bereavement is awful. I remember when I was a teenager, one of the church members committed suicide. It was a terrible shock for the whole church. This lady was quite young. I remember her father turning up at the prayer meeting with a big smile on his face. He said, thank you for your prayers, they do work. He claimed to be extremely joyful, even in the face of his daughter's suicide. I thought this seems very strange indeed. The Apostle Paul, and who is a greater Christian than him, the Apostle Paul would have considered the death of Epaphroditus sorrow upon sorrow. But Epaphroditus didn't die, and he is a great friend to Paul and to the Philippians. Verse 28. 
Therefore I am all the more eager to send him, so that when you see him again, you may be glad, and I may have less anxiety. So the Philippians will be glad, so glad, to have Epaphroditus restored to them, and Paul will have less anxiety. Paul says in chapter 4, verse 6, Do not be anxious about anything. He commands us not to do anxiety. But he's not super spiritual about this, any more than he is super spiritual about bereavement. Paul suffers from anxiety. He's concerned about all the churches and it will relieve his anxiety to have Epaphroditus restored to the Philippian church. Paul knows that the Philippians need Epaphroditus and he is anxious until he knows Epaphroditus is back where he belongs in good health. Verse 29 So then welcome him in the Lord with great joy and honour people like him. Throw a party for Epaphroditus. Be greatly joyful. Honour Epaphroditus and other friends like him who are faithful servants of Christ Jesus. Verse 30 Epaphroditus almost died for the work of Christ. He risked his life to make up for the help you yourselves could not give me. Epaphroditus almost paid the ultimate price to serve King Jesus in order to help Paul, to be a friend to Paul, as a friend to the Philippians. There's been much talk in recent weeks and months about who we should honour. Statues of people whom we've honoured in the past have been pulled down. We no longer think that trade slavers, slavers, slave traders and colonialists should be honoured. Some people have suggested new candidates for pedestals. There are Christians who think we shouldn't honour any human beings because God deserves all the glory. Paul is very willing to praise and encourage where praise and encouragement are due. Paul says, honour people like him. As far as Timothy and Epaphroditus are concerned, Paul is very willing to compliment them. Of course he knows that all the glory goes to God. It is God who created Timothy and Epaphroditus. It is God who made them brand new in Christ. It is God who made them such effective servants of Christ. And it is Christ who is the ultimate friend to the Philippians and to Paul. Jesus says in John 15 verse 15, I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead I have called you friends. For everything that I learned from my father I have made known to you. Jesus no longer calls his disciples servants. It's the greatest privilege imaginable to be a servant of King Jesus. But Jesus goes so much further than that. 
He calls his disciples friends. He takes them into his confidence. He shares with them the master's business. He makes known to them the father's business. He shares his life with them. He shares his purpose with them. And more amazingly, Jesus prefaces this by saying in John 15:13, Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. Jesus loves his friends enough to die for them. And then he says in John 15:14, You are my friends if you do what I command. Friendship and obedience are inseparable. So friendship is essential in church life. But there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother, the Lord Jesus Christ. He loves his friends enough to lay down his life for them. Even though Jesus is King of Kings and Lord of Lords, he doesn't just call his disciples servants, he calls them friends. Do you know the friendship of Jesus? Have you heard him share with you the master's business, the father's business? Have you realised that there's no greater love than the love of Jesus for his friends? for the friends for whom he lays down his life. Are you one of those friends? Would you like to be a friend of Jesus? Would you like to know that Jesus died for you? If you're not sure that you've come to a point in your life where you can definitely say, Jesus calls me one of his friends, can I suggest the following? Come to Jesus, just as you are. Come acknowledging your sin. Come saying, Lord Jesus, I know that I've broken your laws. I've rebelled against your kingship. I don't deserve to be a friend of yours. I don't deserve your love. But thank you that you have loved me for all eternity. Thank you that you loved me enough to take my sin on yourself on the cross. Thank you that you laid down your life for me, that I might be your friend. Thank you so much for your amazing love for me. Lord Jesus, I want to be one of your friends. Please forgive me for my sin. Please make me clean and new. Please make me one of your friends. I want to live my life for you. I want to be your servant. I want to obey your commands. I want to use all my energy to make you known in the world. I do want to be your servant. I would be happy just to be your servant. But thank you that you want me to be your friend. I thank you, and I gladly accept the privilege of being a friend of Jesus.
And having been made a friend of Jesus, we must now be friends with one another. We must be like Paul and the Philippians. We must be friends in the sense of being partners in the gospel, fellow workers for Christ. We must be like Paul, we must be like Timothy, showing genuine concern for the needs of God's people. We must look not to our own interests, but to the interests of others. We must serve in the gospel work. And we must be like Epaphroditus, a brother, a co-worker, a fellow soldier, a messenger, a carer, one who lays down his life after the example of the Lord Jesus, one who risked his life to make up for the help the Philippians could not give Paul. What are our friendships like as a church? I think there's much to be encouraged by. Through the lockdown, people have been ringing one another up. People have been looking out for those in need. People have been making meals for those who are struggling. Thank you everyone for the wonderful friendships that there are in the church. But let's not be complacent. Let's rededicate ourselves this evening to the Lord Jesus. Let's thank him that he calls us friends. Let's thank him that he laid down his life for his friends. Let's be friends of Jesus and let's be friends of one another to build one another up in our most holy faith to the glory of God. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the Lord Jesus. Thank you that he doesn't just call us servants, but he calls us friends. Thank you for the example of Paul, the example of Timothy, the example of Epaphroditus. Help us, Lord, to be good friends with one another, to love one another sacrificially, to partner together in the gospel. Lord, use our friendships in Christchurch to glorify Christ, to lead many others to him. And we pray this for his name's sake. Amen.